So hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome you all to another installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column. Today, we're going to be speaking with Scott Daigle, who is the Oyster Creek site leader for ME Global. Now, we're going to be speaking with Scott about ME Global's Oyster Creek site, which is actually moving towards 100% renewable electricity by 2023. Um, now, before we welcome in Scott, remember, you can subscribe to the Main Column podcast through Apple Podcasts or through Blueberry. So with that, let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to welcome in Scott. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good, Lee. It's, um, you know, first cool morning of the fall on the, the Texas Gulf Coast. I'm um, feeling pretty good. I'm uh, happy to be here. Excellent. Well, I, we really appreciate you giving us a couple minutes of your time, especially to discuss uh, this, this crucial topic of the industry. Now, before we get into, into the meat of the questions here, Scott, can you tell the listeners a little bit more about ME Global and, of course, your role with the company? Yes, can. Um, ME Global was formed in, in 2004 as a JV between Dow and PIC, um, a company out of Kuwait. Um, for us, it was uh, initially the, the assets. We had plants that were already existing um, in the Alberta area of, um, of Canada, three plants. Um, later on, there was actually another JV um, between the same two companies. Equate and in 2015, um, ME Global JV was reassigned to Equate. So right now we are a subsidiary of the Equate company. Um, and as mentioned, we do have locations in Alberta, Canada. And uh, just recently, the site at Oyster Creek, which is the first US manufacturing plant for Equate here, we are one of the world's leading producers of ethylene glycol. Um, when you talk about ethylene glycol, a lot of folks first think of, hey, you know, antifreeze, brake fluid, but predominantly uh, the ethylene glycol we produce is sold into the polyester or the PET mark. Um, myself, I'm a born and raised. Obviously, I live in Texas right now, but um, as most folks can tell, it's not a Texas accent. I was born and raised in South Louisiana. Um, actually uh, entered into the chemical industry down there after graduating from LSU in chemical engineering. Um, I've been in manufacturing 30 years. Um, about 15 years ago, I got moved over to Texas with the full intent of getting moved back to Louisiana. Texas uh, had other plans. So I've been here and, and in 2016, had the opportunity um, to join a, a fresh U.S. ME global team that was looking to build a plant on the Gulf Coast. And it's been a fantastic journey ever since. Um, as you mentioned, I'm the site leader for Larish Creek site. Um, We've got a phenomenal team down here, made up of, of a lot of different people from the community as we were hiring on. Um, we, we started up the plan. It's been a tremendous ride over the last couple of years. Um, it, it's up and running. We're, we're doing a good job. And um, as we talk about the, the, the renewable energy, it's just one of the many areas that we've been working on to optimize the plant to help meet some of our long-term goals, and this one specifically sustainability. So we, it's been a, a, a great ride with an amazing team. So I'm just, uh, I'm happy to sit in my office and talk to you, but every day just happy to be a part of this team and we're doing great things on the Gulf Coast. Excellent. Well, perfect. So uh, we are going to definitely jump into that, to, into the topic of renewable power, but, and you mentioned a little bit about uh, the Oyster Creek site, but can you just provide a little bit more information about your site? Yeah, so the site is um, it's a licensed technology. We produce ethylene glycol. It sits on about 115 acres. Um, if you look out the, um, 
control room window in the, the Texas Gulf Coast is, is probably, or, or Surfside Beach is probably about a mile away. So we are located um, in, in a good region where there, there's a lot of in, industrial assets. Uh, we have access to the port. The site itself, we employ 55 direct Emmy Global employees. Um, you know, majority of, of operations, we, we have maintenance groups, we have finance groups, um, the public relations groups, uh, finance, so, so every function um, that goes into supporting a site, uh, we, we have it here. Um, just from a, the site itself, we actually started construction of the site in 2017 and finished in, in 2019. Uh, for us, it was a... Um, a phenomenal build time. It, it was less than two years, which at the time, with, with all the, the construction going on on the Gulf Coast, it was by far, um, you know, one of the benchmark times in, in industry. Um, we, we started up the plan ahead of schedule. Uh, tremendous safety record. We were able to quickly, I think, within the first three or four months, come up to nameplate. And right now, we're actually running 35% um, over the design of the plant. So it, it's been phenomenal. And, and one of the big brags there also is um, ever since we, we've taken ownership of the site from construction, uh, going through commissioning, startup, and operational plant, we've been OSHA incident free. So that's um, two plus years and running. So we're very, very proud of that. Excellent. Yeah. And I remember being at that inauguration. It was, it was pretty incredible to see. So yeah, well, <laughs> congratulations yeah, was, on that. It was kind of funny because everybody, you know, this being the first U.S. Gulf Coast plant for Equate. Um, everybody was real excited and, and the folks uh, from the company and, and the community knew that we were getting close obviously kind of drive by on the um, the, the roads that, that surround the plant and you could see the activity and um, you know a lot of folks from the community work here so you know the, the talk was going around that we're getting close getting close and uh, you know our CEO was very very excited for the plant it was, you know he was one of the, the ones that kind of came up with the idea and helped push it and, and get it funded so he was very excited along with the board very good for the guys and gals here and as long as also for the company and that it kind of gave us a, a time to catch our breath and really sit down and look at what we've accomplished to that point um, kind of get a little bit of energy and get renewed for the last push to start the plant. So it, it was a tremendous event, but what a lot of people don't realize we had been working, you know, seven days a week, 12, 13, 14 uh, hours a day up to that point, just to kind of get it going. And then everybody that would get out of our Nomex, we get of our work clothes and put on our suits and ties and head to inauguration event. So it was a, you know, 180 degree change from a normal day in, in our in our lives to go do the inauguration event. But look, to see those smiling faces, and I still go back and look at the pictures every once in a while. It was a uh, it was a fantastic event that led up uh, to a fantastic startup a couple weeks after. Absolutely, yeah, no, it was a great event. It, it was. I'm really glad that we had we were able to join that. Um, now I want to move on, of course, because uh, recently ME Global announced that they're going to move to 100% renewable electricity at the Oyster uh, site by 2023. I, first of all, can you just describe what started this? So, in other words, the idea to convert the site's power needs to renewable power. Right. I would say, you know, it goes back to the history of ME Global that then us kind of joining up with Equate. ME Global had always had a, a strong um, a strong sense of we want to do what's right for the community. We want to do what's right for the environment. We want to be responsible partners 
in, in both. Um, so they've always had strong sustainability goals. Um, when we went to equate it, you know, it was a great partnership. Once again, it was the same JV parent. So the, the, the mindset and the priorities um, were the same. So it, it was a, uh, a strong push for the sustainability um, of the company, of the organizations, and, and of the sites. And as mentioned, you know, sustainability is how we treat the environment and how we treat the community. Um, you know, one of the things we did very early on with the community is, you know, putting money back, thanking the community. Uh, we, we made a million dollar donation to the local community college, which for us, you know, they're the college, uh, the, the, the local college and the, the process technology degrees, the instrumentation degrees, the electrical degrees. Uh, a lot of our workforce comes from the college and that's one thing, you know, you could give to the college and the college loves it, but in turn, you know, that brings us benefit and benefit to community. So it's a win-win situation. But now on the environmental side, we've always had it as a strong um, goal of ours and really a commitment of the company um, that we're going to take every opportunity to reduce our carbon footprint. And as we go and make decisions in the company, you know, safety is a priority, but for us, you know, the environment is a priority. We want to make decisions that support a healthy environment. Uh, and when we had an opportunity to, to maybe go off of, of a fossil-based electricity generation, when you talk about the, the coals and the natural gas or the nuclear and go to a renewable source, um, it was a pretty easy decision to get support from, from the company and for us to make a move on. So it was, um, you know, once the site got up and running, it was an opportunity for us now that let's start looking at long-term sustainability, how we want to source the site. And uh, as, as mentioned before, the, the, the agent that, that helps us on our behalf, Calpine Energy, uh, was a phenomenal resource in helping us um, find a, a deal that we could partner with a, um, a wind farm in West Texas and basically get our electricity source to us. So we're very happy with that. Yeah, that, and that, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's kind of what I wanted to talk about next is when you say this site is going to be switching now towards 100% renewable energy, how are you going to do it? So <laughs> that's like the logical progression, you know, for questions. And so I, my question then is, is how does uh, how does your site intend to do this? Yeah, so for me, honestly, Lee, I mean, the, the site doing this, um, you know, you think, oh, you know, switching is going to be hard. I'm going to have to go through all this. It is amazingly easy. Uh, as I mentioned before, we, we work with Calpine and, and Calpine's our agent. And they work in, in the local power market to make sure our power demand is met with power producers on the network in, in this part of Texas. So really, it's it, them saying, hey, that there's a project in West Texas. They're going to install the, the wind turbines. They're going to have wind generation. Do you want your power routed from these folks? Do you want your deal um, to be, I'm going to buy my power from these? Um, when, when you sell Texas, I mean, power uh, within the Texas grid, it's kind of, you know, a big commodity where there's a lot of producing plants, whether it's, as mentioned, whether it's coal, whether it's gas, whether it's, uh, solar, whether it's wind, whether it's nuclear. So there's all these producing plants putting in, but what they put in now has to be allocated to somebody that, that's buying the electricity. So just think of it, all this electricity goes into a pool, then, then people show up as a commodity saying, okay, I want to grab this guy's electricity or that gal's electricity 
and I want it allocated to this type of producer and that's who I'm going to pay. So for us, you know, it was essentially, uh, you know, signing the contract and it was uh, more of a, a paperwork of our power that we use on the site. Who do we have assigned to produce it? So, you know, I would say it, it's even easier than flipping a switch because there's no mechanical changes on our side involved. It's strictly that we want to pay for our power and we want it to be renewable power. So we've got a deal with the power company in West Texas that, that's generating the renewable energy. And as mentioned, it was all facilitated from Calpine. So um, from a physical standpoint, there's nothing to do to convert to solar power on our end. It's okay. basically just taking the stance and making the statement, I don't want to buy from this producer that's using gas. I don't want to buy from this producer that's using coal. I want to specifically buy my electricity from the guy that's uh, that's using wind power. And I would say it's probably just as easy as if you were changing your retail electric provider at your house. It's almost go to power to choose. If you want regular standard power, check that box. If, if you want wind power, check that box. And uh, we basically check the box now from a, a contract standpoint. It's a little bit more involved, but it's just, it, it's as easy as saying we want power allocated from a renewable source. Okay. Yeah. I'm glad you went over that because that's one question that I had was if there was going to be any type of you know, major conversion projects that had to be done at the site to do it, or if it was like you mentioned, just, I want to say, I don't want to get power from this company. I want it from this company now. So that's what you're saying, right? Yeah. And, and ultimately what happens is more and more people decide, I want to go away from this type of power to go to renewable power. It, it kind of pushes the overall providers in the market to say, you know, that the coal guys or the, the fuel guys that, that generate their electricity from that, um, they don't see the demand. So they're not putting investments to build more of the plants. Conversely, if the wind guys or the solar guys, they see a high demand for it, they're going to put more projects in place. So the more people that come to the market and ultimately say, I want renewable power, it, it shifts the demand and the producers realize I don't need to build more fuel gas power plants. I don't need to build more coal plants. I'm going to build now solar and wind. So ultimately, you know, that, that's the hope as we buy renewable, as other companies buy renewable, you're going to see a shift in, um, you know, the supply profile for the Texas Gulf Coast or where that energy is coming from. No, that's, that's interesting. And, and I'm kind of curious then is for a size of Oyster Creek, I know you said it was 100 plus uh, acres. How much renewable electricity is needed to power the site? Do you, do you know that? So we've got a draw of about um, 35 megawatts. So, and I'm, you know, you, you tell the, the normal guy, gal on the street, uh, that, that amount, it, it's hard to kind of put it in terms. But if you would look at it, we probably have a, a energy rate or energy draw that's equivalent to 30,000 residential homes. Mm -hmm. So, it, you know, we're not a great big gigantic site, but it, it, it's, it's pretty substantial. Um, and, and the thing we talk about electricity use, but you know, what's important to us and what we're ultimately trying to get to is, you know, we're going to renewable um, because of the impact or, or, or just to, to make a good sound decision for the environment. So if you would look at going to wind, 
versus getting our power from, let's say, a, a fuel gas or a natural gas plant, uh, we're reducing CO2 emissions by really an equivalent of, of 30,000 cars. So you could say an electricity use of 30,000 homes or emission, emission reduction of about 30,000 cars. Okay. You know, that's good. That's, it's a great way to put it in perspective that way because, yeah, people hear megawatts. And, I mean, you, you do your own electricity bills at home. And, I mean, most of the time you just look at the bill and you're like – and then you actually can dive down into how much energy usage you have. So it's, it's nice to actually be able to put it in perspective because, yeah, you put – megawatts or gigawatts in front of people and they're like yeah okay sure and you know they don't they, they wouldn't understand it or be able to quantify it i guess yeah i mean just to put it in in, in more terms and it's just kind of you know a, a little bit of tongue-in-cheek humor here but if uh if, if we had an electrical meter like a residential meter on the side of the planet i think the uh that the meter would be spinning at light speed <laughs> it just comes off and flies off the thing <laughs> Okay, well, well, I got one last question for you, and and it's it's really is you know is this something that ME Global intends to do on their other sites? I know you mentioned there's there you have I believe three sites are uh, in in Canada, and then um, I believe they're both there. But uh, yeah, I'm just kind of curious, is this something that you're going to try to replicate in your other sites? So you know, absolutely. What what we've done in Oyster Creek, I, I think that the, the company's looking at it, and I mean, it, it's been a tremendous success story for us the, the way we, we we did it. And you know, it kind of goes back to one of the questions you asked. I mean, initially, that there's a lot of thought that you know it's going to be difficult. It, it's going to take all this work. I, you know, it, it, it's it's quite simple. So you know, we we've proven that at Oyster Creek, and uh, as far as Equate and Emmy Global. We, as mentioned before, we are committed to sustainability. So they, they are looking at opportunities, I think, with Oyster Creek, um, you know, kind of breaking the ice and, and being the first one out to do it um, and seeing how seamless it is, um, seeing the value we're getting from it. Um, and there's, uh, you know, effort going into it, looking at opportunities, um, definitely at the other geographies. So nothing firm yet, but um, it, it's definitely got some, some eyes and some resources um, seeing where we can take our, our next step at. Excellent. Well, perfect. We'll definitely keep us updated on that because it's it's a really interesting story uh, that's that's taking place there, and, and I have a feeling it's probably the one of many sites that we're probably following somewhat in this in this direction moving forward, especially with the energy transition going on in the industry. Right. So. Uh, it, it's it's exciting times, and you know, as you and I, you know, prior to on uh, to starting the podcast, talked about. Uh, you know, the, the energy, I mean, the industry's changed a lot over the last 20 or 30 years. And, uh, you know, there are some good things going on. We're seeing, you know, a big shift in the way we do things. And, you know, the, the environmental um, side of it, you know, making sure we, we're a good partner in the way we do things. Uh, we're, we're taking care of our business and we're doing it right. Um there's exciting, exciting work going on. I mean, for us, you know, one of our first big steps um, is going to be, as mentioned, with the renewable energy, but this is not going to be our last one. And like many plants in, in the area, it's, you know, there's big steps and there's small steps, but they continue to be steps. So, yeah, you know, I look forward to, you know, what we're going to do next and, you know, the, the path we're going to take over the next 10, 20, 30 years. But it's definitely exciting times. Yeah, that's the truth. Well, Scott, really, we, we can't thank you enough for providing us a few minutes to talk today about your site. And of course, 
the move towards renewable power. So I really want to thank you for that. And then, of course, lastly, we always want to thank our listeners for listening to another installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column. 